Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. Right now, Bojo's is still offering takeout and delivery at all six of their Colorado locations. If you bring it up, they will give you 30% off your takeout orders. That's right, 30% off. What a deal. It's it's really hard out there for a lot of local businesses. We got to do what we can to support these institutions. I know for one that pizza always makes everything just a little bit better. Shout out to Bojo's. Today we have a special guest, a good friend of mine, Ryan Green. Really looking forward to it. Obviously, it couldn't get together in person, which is a bummer, but we were able to do a Skype interview, which was, you know, the next best thing. It was good to catch up with them. I think you guys are going to enjoy this, talk about all kinds of stuff, talk about Fort Collins being a party town. We talk about his college experience. We talk about his background, the industry as a whole. It's, it's really a good episode, so I'm looking forward to it, or I'm looking forward to sharing it with you, I should say. Here is that interview with my man, Ryan Green. Joining me, we have a very special guest this afternoon, this morning, whatever time it is. Time is irrelevant now because we are always home. (laughs) We are quarantined. I'm in Fort Collins. Ryan Green is in Denver. Ryan Green is CBS4. You probably know him as the dude that makes dope vlogs on Twitter. I hope that's how you know me. That's the best way to know you. You know, Ryan and I have been friends for a long time now. He's my brother from another mother. One of the most talented videographers in the game. And most importantly, he's a Ram. Graduated from CSU back in 2013, I believe. Yeah, yeah buddy. Shout out to Ryan. That was when I graduated from high school. So we were off just a couple oh, of years. Oh, yeah. But we found each other a couple of years later. God, like I'm a rom com for bros. Uh, <laughs> I've got plenty of CSU <sighs> questions for him today. But first, man, how you doing? How are things in your neck of the woods? Yo, it's so wild right now, to be honest. Um, mainly because like it's I'm in I like I work at a television station. And so like it's nuts for us because we are like I literally have a letter to any police officer right now that if the city shuts down, I can be out driving around. And so like that's how wild television news is right now. But it like at the same time, the station used to be the hub and we used to have like all the reporters and all the producers and everyone there. And it is a ghost town. We are like every, every reporter is meeting their photographer, like at the site and then they edit there and then they just go home. Like we are, it's, it's so nuts that like, like, cause I, I unfortunately hear all the people that don't have, you know, work and like are getting laid off or you're just staying at home and doing nothing. And like at my work, it's like nonstop work. And so I'm just, I'm riding the wave, man. I, I work in sports, obviously. And so thank God for the NFL this week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be wild for me. Uh, it's, it's cause like the news can't stop. And so I, you'll probably see some more news type vlogs coming out uh, just to show you what the, what the station is like and what covering this coronavirus is like. But honestly, it's just been, it's been wild for me so far. Is uh, I, I got to imagine the traffic around Denver is probably significantly better than usual. Nothing. There is no. There's nothing. It's great. That and like, people keep saying like, oh, this is what Denver was like 25 years ago. No, do you remember like pre T Rex days? There's a reason we had T Rex is because the traffic was awful. This is like 1970s Denver. Like this is old Cowtown Denver. It's so empty. It's so quiet. Like I am in. I'm on Cap Hill. I'm at Six in Washington, and so like when you step out the door, it's city noise, right? Like it's cars and you can yeah, hear people. Like in apartments, right? And so, like, you go out now; it's just dead. And I, I like it's eerie, but at the same time, I'm glad that there. Are, it seems like a good heap of this population is taking this shit seriously. Finally, I mean, I know for a lot, and I'm I'm not saying that 
you know, like to criticize people because I think like a lot of folks, you know, I, I definitely didn't pay attention early enough. I, I've, I've been taking it seriously for really like two weeks now, more than that. I'd say when I went to Vegas for the Mountain West tournament, I was like really being cautious, washing my hands. I yeah. came back and then everything just went to hell. it's it's just been weird like for me i feel like sports being canceled is when it was like oh god like this is real this is really real because we don't cancel sports for like anything like school shootings like all kinds of and that's right and maybe that's bad to be honest but sometimes i think it's that that cathartic release that just gives us something to like be happy about and or just like take our mind off things but we're in this weird, like unprecedented time where we have no sports. Everybody's at home for the most part, except for Ryan, who's in the office still, <laughs> still out there trying to dodge. I'm washing the my hands. Oh yeah, it's gonna be so weird. Like, I can't wait till like Halloween. Hopefully, we're out of it by then. I don't really know what to expect, but I'm sure there'll be like <laughs> dumb coronavirus costumes and oh god, like, a slutty nurse or something. I don't. <laughs> it's gonna... <laughs> It's going to be so bad because America is definitely not above They're doing not. That. But like you said, it is encouraging <laughs> to see that people, you know, seemingly are taking this serious. Uh, we're not going to like spend this whole podcast ruminating or, you know, going boohoo over the, the coronavirus because at right. this point everybody realizes the situation sucks. But do you... <laughs> But it is the 800-ton gorilla. It's true. In the like room. you like, can't like, not address on. it. It's just one of those where it's yeah. like, all right, like we'll move on. But before we do, I got to ask you a couple of important questions. One, do you have enough toilet paper? And two, what are you doing to keep yourself entertained? Uh, yes, I have enough toilet paper. I uh, am at the end of the first four pack that I got. So like. The toilet paper was running out when I was like, I wasn't right when kind of like sports were shutting down. And that's when I started to see all the tweets where all like the toilet paper shelves were empty. And I was like, okay, folks, like, come on. But it's probably not at my grocery store. But anyways, so I went to like a corner market near near uh, CBS4. And it's just like a bodega that has like, it just had toilet paper. So I was like, well, screw it. I'll just grab it while it's here. Sure enough, I went to my grocery store the next day and they were out. And so uh, I'm good on the toilet paper for now. Um, but it, I, 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 I have not seen toilet paper at my grocery store for an entire week. So the more we go on, the ner- more nervous I get. Um, and in terms of what I've been doing to quarantine, I'll tell you what, people. We are probably the most prepared society to stay inside and in our houses like it hasn't been it's been pretty great i have watched a lot of good movies this week if you haven't seen 1917 watch it immediately after you listen to this podcast it is incredible the the cinematography the cinematography is just mind-blowing as as a videographer i was just watching it i had to watch it i literally watched it twice i watched it jaw dropped wondering how they did some of their shots and then I had to watch it again because I was so distracted the first time of trying to see how they did some of their shots. It's such a good, it's such a good movie. I, I recommend that. Um, and then I have been uh, uh, very sore fingers from some video games. Um, I have been on so the video games I play are not the ones that like everyone is staying home playing right now. I downloaded Need for Speed Heat because I, like I am it. a huge Need for Speed fan. It's so fun. Um, and then last night I downloaded the Division Two, Ooh, so that? I thought it's it's Tom Clancy's. So did you if so the Division was a really good game. It was like a, a post apocalyptic like thing. It's just, it's wild. It, it's very fitting for the times, and so I loved it. It was pretty wild, and so I'm I'm excited to get into the Division Two. Right next. on, man. You're a big Rocket League yeah, guy buddy. too. You, you playing Rocket League? Yo, I yeah. So I've actually like. I took a break from it because I've been playing the other games, but I Rocket League is my game. It's it's one of the few games where it's just not boring ever. Like I I'm just not bored of it. Like I could go on right now and play for two hours, and it's just so fun. I think it's because I played soccer when I was growing up. I like played soccer for like 13 years of my life uh, through high school, and and so it's sort of like that. And so I think I get the same rush, but it, Rocket League is just so fun and just it's funny. It's it's. Uh, it's 
You should. Everyone should play Rocket League. It's I know. Great. I've been telling you for like a year that I'm going to start playing it, and I honestly just haven't had time. <laughs> but I guess now I have time, so I should get it. It's it's fun, man. I should have known that you played soccer. It, I played soccer too. I didn't play all the way through high school, but I played from like ages six to like fifteen or whatever. You know, ten years. I was too skinny for football, man. I wanted to. I wanted to be Ed McCaffrey uh, for Mountain Vista Dude, High School. Wiry. But I think I think you should have just got out there. You would have caught people off guard. I would have gotten smacked. Did you see that video? No, I would have been torn in half. To guard Zion in high school. That, yeah. that would have been you. You yeah. would have been clapping in people's faces. You would like. You would have spat right oh, in the God. face of death. And because you were so oh, yeah. bold, you would have come out alive. It's one of those where it's like so <laughs> crazy that it actually works out. Oh, probably. At least that's my opinion. I don't know. I, I'm not a football coach. They don't pay me for, for those kind of takes. But before we move on from the <laughs> coronavirus stuff, I do have a kind of, I guess, maybe a solemn question, depending on how you answer it. But I'm becoming increasingly worried that we are not going to be able to salvage these seasons I know a lot of people still think that we're going to be able to play, you know, some form of playoffs for the NHL and for the NBA this summer. I don't know though. I just at this point like I would I would I'm more sure that it's not going to happen than anything else. That's how I feel at this point. How do you feel? Yeah, so that's the issue is that like you at the moment you have time to kind of have it go into the summer. But the next season starts in October and you like need an off season. You need a draft, you need free agency, you need, you you know, and it's, and it's not like, it's not like if the country decides everything's okay again, that you can start playing games again. Like it's going to be two weeks of training, right? Like the guys have to get back in shape. They're quarantining in their houses. They're not in basketball shape when they come back. And so I, I, I'm with you. Like, I think we want sports back. But I think they're genuinely going to just be like, it, it's just an outlier. Like this is, we, we, we are clearly in a different reality at the moment than I think we've ever been in. And so I think as the coming months come and the, the longer it goes on, I think they're just going to say, look, what else can we do? We just have to, we're just going to have to start over again. Like that's, that's just how the 2019, 2020 season ended. You know, it's, it's, it's like the, the world war two years for baseball, you know, it's like a strike year for, for the NFL or the NHL. Like, it's just, that's just what it's going to have to be. And, and like, like I said, like, yes, we, we, we have never had the three major sports kind of, you know, just get canceled out. Um, But I, again, I just think, 2019, 2020 is going to have that huge asterisk saying, yeah, there were no champions that year because we were all indoors trying to stay alive. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, assuming that they don't come back, it's going to be interesting to see how people react because I think that's like unsettling for people. People really, they don't like when things just end abruptly. Like you see it with college basketball right now and, and people coming out with these pieces like, this is why so and so is the national champion. Well, no, they're not. They didn't play the tournament. So, like, right. there's so you many great resumes. Yeah, Dayton, San Diego State, all these teams. Kansas, I think, was probably actually the best team in college basketball. But declaring right. them a champion is pointless. So it's gonna, yeah. it's just gonna be weird to see how people like take this. You know, like Lakers fans, Bucks fans. Got to, got to feel for the Bucks fans for sure. Got somebody knocking at my door. I don't know who that is. One sec. <laughs> All right, before we break into Ryan's background with CSU, I have to shout out Breckenridge Brewery, the official brewery of DNVR. Right now, it's weird times, but you can use the Drizzly app for Breck beers. This is a delivery service. You can get a 15-can sampler. It's the best way to get value and variety. If you're local, you can also pick up food or beer at the farmhouse in Littleton. Just call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for your pickup. They'll even bring it right to your car. You don't have to go in, risk getting infected. They're doing everything they can to keep y'all safe. Shout out to Breckenridge. I'm definitely going to be drinking plenty of Strawberry Sky in the coming weeks, trying to stay in shape, but you know, it is what it is. Beer is good for the soul. Also, if you're not local, check out the Breck Beer Locator. This will allow you to find... The closest liquor store near you with Breck. This takes all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. I hate awkwardly walking up and down the aisles looking at this, trying to find if they have my favorite beers. This way I know where to go. 
Shout out to Brick. All right, I got to ask you, Ryan, what's the deal with the Papa Murphy story? I saw that on Twitter. (laughs) Yo, all right, so this is actually a great story. So Papa Murphy's was my first job ever. Like I was, I was totally a privileged white kid that grew up in Highlands Ranch. And so like come, I think junior into senior year, I finally needed to like actually get a job because I wanted money to, you know, go on dates and shit. And so I go, there was Papa Murphy's, a lot of, a lot of friends that I had worked at um, Papa Murphy's. And so I signed up and I got a job and I worked there. Uh, and so like, Two, nah, I don't think I worked there that long. It may have been like six months into the job. Uh, a, a guy that I worked with named Caleb, he, he and I would work together and our our conversations would just be so out of this world and just just weird paths and all that stuff. And so we just decided, you know, we got we to gotta start filming some of these conversations because they're just ridiculous. And so that's how it started out. Like I started like just just taping those uh, and then putting them online. And so and then, you know, like this, this is how I knew I was probably going to be a videographer in a few years. Um, And so I was just like showing behind the scenes stuff of like what we did at Papa Murphy's and all that stuff. And it was getting like it was getting good traction at my like school, like people like watching it. We had like like other people coming in like to get pizza to like see us. And it was all that stuff. but we never really asked management <laughs> if we could do it. <laughs> and so we also made fun of management in the oh, videos. No, and so one funny. one day, uh, yeah. And so one day, um, uh, I guess he they found him online and they watched the videos. <laughs> and they watched the one where I was probably making fun of him. And, uh, and that was the last time I worked at Papa Murphy's. If they did not like the fact that Fired I was filming videos spot. in there. So um Literally, I like my next uh, my next shift. I went in. The dude was waiting at, at the back door where we all came in. I got out of my car and he handed me my last check and said, "You're you're no longer employed here." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." <laughs> like I didn't even like ask. I kind of kind of knew why, and so it was it was it was pretty wild. And so, but again, now eleven years later, I am literally getting paid to to do exactly what I got fired for. So it's just, it's, it's so wild how the universe works. That's crazy. That's cold blooded. Just wait. I know. I, he was, I, I made fun of him cause he was kind of a dick. So that, that was pretty on brand for that dude. He like that. He would totally have me like drive in just so he could fire me. I, I right worked to my for face. a Papa Murphy's for three months in the summer between my freshman and sophomore year at CSU I got two uh, MIPs for underage drinking, and so they suspended my driver's <laughs> license for six months, even though it had nothing to do with driving. Oh, God. And I had to find somewhere that I could work that was like close enough to Ram's Point that I could walk there or ride a bike. Yeah. You lived at Ram's Point? Ram's Point was awesome. My guy. Like $900 a month, but it, it was affordable back then. Dude, everything's Really? Now. Holy. Yo, I... I lived at Rams Point for Ooh, the Rams epic. Point pool party. That's infamous. Yeah, yeah. But you you lived, want some stories there, let's, man. Let's just go into it, honestly. Because, like, you went to CSU at kind of a peak party time. Like, there were some riots. There's the Rams Point party. I'm pretty sure Rams <laughs> Village had a pretty intense There were party. riots. Even, like... Rams Village had the guy that jumped off the roof into the pool and broke all his that bones. That pool's only, like, five feet deep. Yeah, and he jumped off like the third story. Like I remember seeing the video. <laughs> I can I can see it in my head right now. That's that guy insane. was an idiot. Did you were, Yeah, man. Were you a CSU was wild and out. I mean, like I just talked about how I got two underage drinking tickets, but it's kind of funny because I was like kind of a mild like <laughs> I didn't really get that wild in college. I just had really bad luck. Yeah, so like I was never the kind to like go out and like get absolutely hammered blackout drunk like there were the first night where i got absolutely like can't even walk drunk was my 21st birthday and it's been i have been you know maybe maybe that sort of drunk like a handful of times after like it's just not my thing but yes i went out and partied uh you know bondi was the spot is it still called bondi okay bondi is a spot it's not called not called Yeti anymore, right? It's open. not. I, it's been. 
I didn't go yeah, out just, that much over like the last year, anyways. And now that coronavirus has happened, yeah. people like they're like, "Where should I go out?" And I'm like, "Lucky Joe's has alcohol." And they're like, <laughs> "Lucky Joe's is great." Yeah, Lucky Joe's was fun. That was where we went that's during like, like the kind of drink. That's more uh, my kind of scene than like Bondi or any bar that just lets you yeah, put peanuts on the ground. I don't. Is great. Well, I don't like the places where the music is um, so loud that like you can't talk. I'm like a 55 year old in that sense where like right. you go in and it's like, ah, oh, they should turn the music down. You got to be in the mood. A scooch. Right. <laughs> I and, and I don't like, especially Bondi. Like I knew it at 11:30, I was going to be rubbing up against everyone in that it's, yeah, freaking it's so bar. Packed. Like it's like it's so packed, so tight, so hot. The bathrooms are gross. You got to like worry about getting uh, your feet. I don't know. Yeah. You're a pretty guy, Ryan. You never know. <laughs> it's, it's a sketchville out there. Uh, oh, it's sketch. It's sketch. Um, but yeah, man, CSU was it was like everything you wanted from a college experience when I was there. Like you, de- if you wanted some rowdy ass house parties, you knew where to go. Like they weren't hard to find, and uh, and yeah, the pool party and that the was riots. The one thing oh, it was great. It's kind of interesting to see how it's evolved over the years. And I'm really probably only speaking to like a very specific group of people because you had to live in Fort Collins in like a very specific time to really understand this, but. So like right. you graduated in 2013 and that tw- I'd say like 2013, yeah. like 2011 to like 2014 was like peak CSU party in terms of like, it got real rowdy, like Arizona state type rowdy, like Boulder type <laughs> rowdy. Like yeah. I said, there were, there were riots. There's the infamous Rams point pool party, which you could just Google it. If you don't know what we're talking about, just Google the Rams point pool party. It made like national headlines. It was it was crazy. Literally national like headlines. 2,000 people in this pool that normally. Uh, it's 5,000, Justin. Let's, let's just let's put go. some respect Five, on, the, was, on the I party. Mean, it was insane. Right. Like, literally <laughs> an area that like probably should have like 70 people tops. Oh my God. The pool, the pool could not hold. Like if there were a hundred people in that pool, I would have been like, no, I don't want to go in that pool. Like that's like it. Five thousand. I can remember. So we lived in in the in like a an apartment kind of uh-huh. down a ways from the pool. Like you had to walk like kind of down a field to see the pool party. And I remember we were there when it started. Like when it was just like fifty people, and it kept getting more and more fun. And then more and more people came. And then I think at about three in the afternoon, we all went back to our apartment just to like. Re- restock on stuff and like get water and and you know all that and i remember coming out and turning to go down the, f- the 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 field to like get to the pool and i remember turning and go and going oh my god that is so many people and literally like 30 minutes later that's when the cops in the line were coming down that same field like getting people to clear out it was it was so it was so fun it was it, and like you're gonna if you if you do Google it you're gonna get all the Google headlines that say like everyone was like overdosing and there were drug overdoses and like and like you know alcohol overdoses and there was a triage outside there absolutely was a triage outside like for for ambulances but it was like for ten people and and with the amount of people that were there it was actually pretty fun like I, I'm not surprised that ten people definitely had way too much intake of whatever drugs and alcohol they had. But that party was so fun, and uh, I, they've never had a pool party there again. It, it, it was so. It was what's so interesting fun. is because of those events. So, like my freshman year was the fall of 2013, spring of 2014. Still a pretty poppin' party okay. scene at that point. It's not like Rams Point yeah. pool party levels, but the house party scene is very much thriving in Fort Collins. I remember, like the first night I was in the dorms, we just walk up to some random house. We didn't know anybody there, but there's probably like 500 people there. There's people like on the roof. It was, it was a wild night, but like for a couple, for a couple of weeks, it was kind of like that. And then we go to this neighborhood party. That's probably like a mile away from campus. And it's kind of like the same situation. Like we're there at the beginning. There's like a hundred people there. It's pretty fun. Everybody's drinking. It's loud, but not like so loud that you're going to get the cops called. And then it just starts escalating and it goes from like 100 to 200 all of a sudden it's like we have like a thousand people right. in this house and it starts like spilling out onto the lawn and there's like 1500, 2000 people that it's literally all project like, X that on movie you. sucked, but this, 
it did. It had a puppet soundtrack. Like, I'll give it that. Like that in a sense where it just it got out of hand really quickly. And I remember like very vividly just like standing in a cul-de-sac and looking around and being like, "We should probably get out of here. Like this is gonna end badly." And then literally like 30 <laughs> seconds later, we look over and there are these drunk frat dudes and they just rip the street sign out of the street. And then they throw oh, it. Oh, God. And so we're just like, yep. So we start walking yep. away and we just see like- Time like, to go. We just hear the sirens and cop cars just start, they just barricade <laughs> block this entire cul-de-sac. It was crazy. Uh, but now kids, they don't like, it's not like that in Fort Collins anymore. Like I'm sure there are house parties, but the police, like they shut them down immediately. They're really like concerned really? about stopping- underage drinking and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not criticizing it, but it's just a, it's a different experience. Like my brother and his friends are juniors right now and they just, they go to a much less rowdy CSU than what we experienced. So I wonder if that's cause like, I remember when I left Fort Collins, I probably didn't revisit it for another five years. So like, I think my first visit after I graduated in 2013 was in 2018. And I remember going up and I, and I was like, this is a city now. This is, this is, this feels like a kind of mini Denver. Like it it was just, it was a different type of like energy. It was a different type of hustle. Like I could tell that there was a massive population there. And I wonder if that's like going back to what you were saying, like 2011 to 2014, it was like it was it was on its way up there. I think the secret was out that Fort Collins is actually a pretty dope place to live, and especially with Denver getting all expensive and whatnot. Um, and so, like, there was definitely a population increase there, and I wonder if that's just like more more white people <laughs> and and Karens moved into the neighborhoods, and they are not taking the I'm college partying because, anymore. like, part of me is like when I look back. It was, I mean, it was out of hand at times. Like the undie run my freshman year. <laughs> Yo, the undie run. Oh, come, I totally forgot about that. Pat, completely passed out, naked, laying on, these are public bathrooms, granted, laying on the ground, completely naked with vomit up and down. Like we try, we like shake his arm. Dude's like unresponsive. It was the first time I'd ever seen anybody with like alcohol poisoning. It was kind of scary. We had to call the paramedics. Oh, and then some other drunk kid, like they while they were tending to this kid, somebody else was like playing with the stretcher and it made it fall down the stairs. It was a it was a disaster. Oh. Oh, God. The undie run was yeah. The undie that was the first place I at legit got like molested. Like that's the like the technical definition would be I was running in my underwear and some girl just came up and grabbed my ass. And I was like, what the like, I thought it was one of my friends playing around. I turned around; it was like a girl I didn't know. I was like, uh, "Okay." The Andy Run is That's, a weird, you know, weird thing. I guess that happened. Everyone at the Andy Run. Is it still going on? Uh, Are they not doing it? I anymore? think it's been canceled. I, like, a I feel like I would have heard still, about it. Like, always try to do it, okay. but it's not. It's not what it used to be. Even like from my freshman, like I went my freshman and sophomore years. I didn't go my junior year, and then I went my senior year. But like, even the difference between like the senior year and my freshman year, it was just way less rowdy. It was good. I mean, my freshman year, there were people like climbing up on the basketball hoops and like flashing and like, it was definitely, (laughs) definitely a lawsuit waiting to happen. Oh yeah. It it should not have been allowed to go on as long as it did. Even when I was participating, I was like, can we actually do this? Well, and like they claim that like the whole point of it was supposed to be like to donate your clothes or whatever, but nobody like actually donated anything nice, obviously, because you're just leaving it in the middle of the field. And then most right. of it would it was get just like awful. wet or something yeah, or trampled, that... and then it wasn't even usable. So oh, God. we were pretty much just like running around in our underwear, Absolutely. destroying property for no good reason. But it was fun. I mean, it was. I have a lot uh, of good memories from those times. As dumb as it was, those were like, like have you heard like stories no, of like Aggie not. days back in like the sixties and seventies, man? Uh, the, I have heard, and I think there's some video out there, but like they used to have like mud wrestling on campus, <laughs> like just straight up, like that was like that was like the wrestling. the first day on campus, like they would have just like girls mud wrestling in the in the fountain outside the 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 student union building, and it's not the, the student union building, what's it called? LSE, that's what it is. Um, and so, um, yeah, like it used to, and they used to just have the kegs on campus. Like that's just what it used to be. And so, but like that, that is what our Aggie days were. Like that's the undie run. That's like something I can like hold dear. I was like, yeah, 
ran in my underwear with a bunch of my fellow Rams around campus, and there was really no point. But exactly, it, we were that's in like college. the answer to most things. It was it was college. <laughs> but uh, you've been you've been making videos for a long time now. You're made, made started making Papa Murphy's videos, got fired. You went to CSU. You did CTV. You went to Montana. What was yep. the what was the best part? What was the worst part about going on to Montana? Because like, you know, I think with your dad especially, a lot of people might assume that you just walked right into this position at CBS straight out of graduation. You had the hookup, <laughs> but it wasn't like that. Like not at all. I mean, me and you <laughs> met because we were working no. for a startup company that doesn't even exist anymore. Right. Yeah. 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 So like that's that's how you do it in in television news. The the you can go to grad school, you can go to a a a station where you want to work at, but you probably have to start off as like a producer or a script writer or something. Or you go to a small market and like get paid to not well, but you get paid to, you know, kind of learn how to do television news. CTV was awesome. Um, but like it, it just doesn't prepare you for the, the nightly live broadcast that you have to do like the five days a week type of stuff. Um, and so that's what, that's what you do. You go off to like Montana and you learn. And so that's, but that's, what's great is that you go to Montana, you go to, you go somewhere like outside of your comfort zone and you have to learn how to like make stories and 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 you like learn what works and what doesn't and you go through the technical difficulties of you know forgetting to turn their mics on and all that stuff and i mean literally right now going into work in sports like i have the same hustle for sports or like story hunting as you had to have in montana in june because like what is there to cover in montana in june other than fly fishing and some rodeos like you have to go find a story and so it's really a, a a school of hard knocks. Um, you know, you got to earn your stripes type of business. And that's what Montana was. And so I'll always be thankful for that. Um, but Montana and small market stations are also where they just like, just abuse the hell out of you because you're cheap. You don't know any better and they can pretty much just like use you. And so uh, Mon- the, the station I worked at Montana absolutely screwed me when I was trying to get a contract at somewhere else. And so like, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it, Montana was wild. It, it was just a w- wild place to be. Um, it, but it, 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 again, like the station screwing with me out there, like it, it made me want to like, okay, do I actually want to be like a reporter and an anchor? Like, do I need to keep climbing the ladder? Because the next logical point would be to like, go to a, a sort of larger market and then keep going to the, keep getting your, your real, you know, more, more stuff for your reel to put on. And then you just keep climbing the ladder to the station you end up, you want to end up being at. And so the station I was wanted to end up being at was CBS four in Denver because I, you know, as you said, my dad worked there and like, I grew up knowing the people working there. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I was like, you know what? I don't think I do want to be just like a reporter and anchor five days a week. I just want to do kind of the videographer stuff. And so I left Montana. I went back to Colorado. Uh, as you said, we worked at, um, you know, 5280 sports network there for, for, for a while. And, and I, I tried to do some of the video things that I wanted and then an intern or not an internship, a part-time job opened up at CBS four where I could just kind of, you know, get my foot in the door. Um, and then, uh, and yeah, and that's how I eventually kept doing videos and they kept liking them. And then I, it eventually evolved into a full-time contract. So it's, uh, it's, it's, my my story to where I got is definitely a little different than than what most people in my profession go through. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I ended up. Did here. you realize that like you're actually? I mean, like you're a you're a modest guy, so I'm not trying to get you to like you know flex or whatever. <laughs> but at what point did you realize that like you're pretty damn good at this, like the videography and and vlogs, and maybe having an eye for something that the traditional the traditional producers aren't necessarily brave enough or ambitious enough to try right so like yeah like I, I, the videos i make i am not looking to like and like this is going to sound weird but like i'm not looking to get like people to like them i made the videos because like i think this is th- they're things that people want to see that in my view this is what I would want to see 
as as someone as a Broncos fan or as a Nuggets fan, Avs fan, you know, whatever. This is the behind the scenes stuff of the games that I watch that I want to see. And so like I I I knew that I may be onto something when I was just kind of throwing some of these videos out there and I wasn't really thinking twice and then you had like Vic Lombardi tell me how amazing it was and like you know other people in the business tell me how good it was and that's when I'm like I maybe I'm good at this like <laughs> you know if I'm putting out stuff where I'm like not thinking twice and going oh that one was good I think they're gonna like that I'll just be like oh I'm just gonna put put this out you know and onto the next one and people are telling me that it's good I was like all right maybe I'm onto something maybe maybe so this will this will actually work. Whenever people try and do things that are that are new or don't fit the mold of like what something traditionally is, it can ruffle some feathers. I think you see that with DNVR. I mean, I know it bothers some people that we sell shirts or like that we're opening a bar or, you know, we just, we don't try to be anything other than what we are. But, you know, with what you're doing, it's obviously not the traditional news package. And, you know, privately, you and I talk about this type of stuff all the time, but, you know, with the industry changing, I'm curious, like, do you get less blowback now, especially now that you're established? Like, I got to imagine at least at first, you probably had some, you know, more traditional TV people being like, this is not journalism or this is not what we do. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it, you're, you're right. And like, um, you know, when um, uh, my, my anchor, Romy Bean, started at literally the same day I started CBS4. And she was new to the business and she, and she was, was loving the videos too. And she like wanted to be a part of them. And so when we would do the shows on like Friday and Saturday night, we would try and put like some of the vlogs into the TV shows. Um, and you would like producers would like, or directors would be like, uh, that, you know, and we don't really do jump cuts. Right. And it's like, do, do you not have a tripod? Why are you holding the camera and doing a selfie look? And it's like, it's like you don't like they they you they don't understand because television now is it's a it's a it's a it's a system anyone can be graded by doing this like the same thing like you can here how how do i put this if you look at every you know almost every television station every story is is basically the same structure it's the anchor introing it's them talking over some video and then it's a bite and in the and it's and it's in and it's the same way in a in a package too a, a story like you know it's 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 a it's a nap pop of a tackle oh the broncos had a tough game today against the chargers boom chris harris talking about yeah we, we got our butt smoked today you know and all that stuff and it's like it's a formula now. So like anyone can do it. If I just give you sound video and like an anchor, like anyone can, can make that. And so what, what's happening now is we're going from television to the internet. Like TVs now have an ethernet cable plugin. Like it's, it's a different, it's a different animal on the internet. And the thing about online is you know, when it's television, we're fighting for one viewer because your TV can be on one channel. That's it. And so we're trying to all do the best product of what we think television should be. And the internet is the Wild West. You, ha- you have so many outlets, so many different viewers. I can have four tabs open right now to all the f- CBS, Fox, ABC, and NBC right now. I can have tabs open to all of them, and I can watch stories over all of them. And so what we're now learning is that you need to have unique content. And that's where I think what I'm trying to do works is because – no one's seen it like that yet. It's different, but even when it's different, it's still good and it's still compelling stuff. You know, I may have five seconds of me talking to my camera in a selfie mode that's not on tripod, but it's then followed with a first-person view of me talking to like Will Parks or you know, like Bradley Chubb. Like it's that's I am putting the person there like it is not me i don't like as much as i'm in my videos i don't like being in them at all because i want to put you there i want to i want to show you literally what i am seeing and so that is why when we're going to the internet we're going to start you're going to have to start to see personalities and unique videos because if you just do if you just keep uploading like the tv story to the internet where three other outlets have this similar structure story, everyone's going to start to realize, oh, these are all the same. I can just choose one. So you have to really leave an impression by being sort of unique and offering something that others don't. I completely agree with that. And I think you 
I think you explained that really well. Have no, okay. no I felt I, like I was rambling. I didn't know if I was doing a good job. It's, it's not really something that right, I think everybody quite understands, like the dilemma of, you know, when you create mm-hmm. content for a living, it's always this balancing act of one, I want to like, you're a creative person. You have this creative drive and you want to satisfy that, but also, you know, trying to be professional, right. trying to be unique, trying to get attention. It's all this weird tightrope. But it, it seems like at least mm-hmm. now people are they're starting to come around to your way of thinking. I don't I think it's gonna be years before TV like as a whole finally adjusts and maybe it might even be too late, but when they do. But is it, do you get that impression? Do you feel like people are coming more around to your way of seeing things? Yeah, so the the thing about the TV is that like it, as most businesses, it's profit driven. And so they weren't taking the internet and like videos on the internet seriously because they didn't know how to make money off of it. Like they, they, they didn't, you know, you, they know how to go out and sell two minutes of ads mm-hmm. in between segments of a show that that's what they've been doing for 50 years. But how do you sell, how do you sell a one minute video where you, hit play and then it just runs out like how do you put how do you put the advertising there and and that's why i mean you're seeing youtube and and twitter you know putting ads on videos now like that but um but yeah it's it's they they really tv thinks still that it's kind of the main medium you know it's it's not radio it's just audio you know newspapers please you know and the internet oh it's just a bunch of guys in their basements like us right now talking into a microphone and it's not even professional and all that stuff and it's it's like technically you are true you have nicer cameras you have nicer equipment you can definitely put out a nicer product but there's a reason that Brandon Perna in his basement has the same amount of YouTube followers as your YouTube channel and that's because he's offering something different if Jim Beneman got on CBS4 and was all <laughs> F Tom Brady, he might get a bump in in a certain type of viewer. Yes, it's going to look completely unprofessional on CBS4, but that's Brandon Perna's been killing it and that's why he has such a strong cult following is because he understands that the internet is different and that's and that's a good thing. That you know, I think I think a lot of people in television view the internet being different as bad because they don't they don't know how they know how to make good television like i was saying they know how to structure a story uh in the original sense to make it good television but that doesn't necessarily work on the internet and so that's why it's not so much like it's not so much ego in the television business like oh we're kings and all that stuff i just think it's an an unknown to a lot of people in the the television business i think perna is a good example of one, you know, we talked about somebody who recognizes what his content is, what his viewers want, doesn't try and be, you know, he's unapologetically himself. Like he's not going to right. change because a traditional journalist thinks what he does doesn't have value or whatever, you know, like I don't I don't think he cares. Right. Exactly. In fact, he'll put you on blast if you do it. Like that. Like that's his thing. Like he would. He would welcome that. A journalist acknowledging him. That's I mean, exactly what he wants. He's obviously a cool dude. I know you and him have been friends for a long time. And oh, he's, he's the best. And he supported some of the stuff I've done. So he's a cool dude. Make sure you're checking out. That's good sports. That's good Broncos. Especially when you know we finally get sports back. I'm hoping for a Broncos season that like you know gets us excited again. The it's been a while. Like. It's one thing watching that's good Broncos like in 2015 it's when it's you know all the highlights and the right. wins. It's another thing when it's also you know, fun. Trevor yeah. or the last couple of years. <laughs> oh God, Paxton Lynch. <sighs> it's, it's weird times, man. Weird <sighs> times for internet creators. I think the big thing is just like staying true. You know what I mean? Like there are people that are gonna try and tell you what to do and and say that you know it's not professional or we don't do jump cuts or whatever i actually failed a journalism project at csu because i use jump cuts and i even like (laughs) i remember like i was like what the hell so i pulled up one of your videos and i was like this guy works for cbs4 he does them all the time and they're literally like well that's not what we do and it's just like it's so weird to see people being so just like tied down to this idea of what content has to be and i was that way a little bit for a while like you know i had this image of like what a journalist was supposed to be how he was supposed to behave and 
it's just changed. Like, it's not like I still want people to take me seriously. I feel like my work speaks for itself, but I'm also not going to, you know, I'm just not going to stress it. Like it is what it is. If, if traditional media people don't like what we do, you know, like 10 years from now, we'll, we'll see what this conversation is like. Right. And it, it may not really matter what those people think. It, uh, right. It, it may not. Cause again, if, if, if you're going to do what you've been doing and the other people are going to keep doing what they're doing, there's, you're not going to have a unique outlook on the internet. You know, like you're going to have less subscribers than an ASMR channel that just has some chick whispering into a, into a mic and then putting her hand in some dry rice. Like that's, that's what you have to realize is that like you, you, you can't think that the traditional TV thing is content. Anything is content right now. Like truly anything, even if it's just a a Swiffer Mm -hmm. wet jet, you know, pretending to, to, um, Uh, what's the curling? Yeah, with, with like that, millions of views that that gave like television a story. Is that guy doing that? That's content, right? So, so that's what they they sort of don't like realize is that their definition of content it, it just it it's such a it's such a macro look at at or a micro look at what you can do on the internet. Like, just do anything. It's the internet. Do anything. You will find someone really that likes. Changed it. my opinion on this, to be honest. Like. I remember like 2012, 2013 when like esports were like becoming a little bit more mainstream. I'm sure they were like a thing before that, but that's kind of about when I started to to hear about them. Um, right. And I just remember I was like, like you're gonna watch other people play video games? Like what? Like I don't even enjoy doing that. <laughs> like when you're at a party or something, and like there's only two players and yeah, there's yeah, five yeah. of you, and it's like, all right, well I gotta sit here for 40 minutes, and then I'll get 10 minutes on the controller. Right. But, and I just remember I was like, I was judgmental of the whole process. I think the fact that it was sports bugged me. I was like, these guys are playing video games. And now like five years later, I've just, right. I've like basically done a complete 180. Like, I feel like five years ago, I'm just like, why, why do I care? First of all, if somebody is able to make, you know, if they're mm-hmm. able to make a following out of this, if they're able to be successful, good for those people. Like let's encourage people succeeding any way that they can, right. especially now that it's, you know, becoming a way for people to get scholarships. Like you can make legit money. You can be professional mm-hmm. at this. Like what, whether you think that's Absolutely. valid or not, it is because these people are making money, but it's just a fun example of like yep, people, they, they knew what they had going and they didn't care what people like me said. And now it's just going to keep taking off. Like five years from now, man, I feel like right. esports are going to be everywhere. I mean, we we may have oh, a totally. surge I mean, now. Look at, um, exactly, like we because have no we're all indoors. Going, like the people that are that know how to use the internet really are going to thrive during this these next couple of months. It's it's going to be interesting for for creative content. Right. And honestly, it's probably going to push us all and and make us better because of it. Because we're going to have to get, you know, we're going to have to dig a little bit deeper. We're not it's we're not going to have everything spoon fed to us. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Right, absolutely. You know what I would watch right now? The Nuggets starting five oh, playing someone in two K. Amazing! Like the Nuggets, the Nuggets have the ability. Right? Like, are you kidding me? Especially if Jamal like Murray, audio, Gary like, Harris, I mean, I would you know, watch it even I, if it was like straight, just like a feed of their screen, like no commentary, nothing. But like, right, if it just, was like Twitch style, where right. you had you know Nikola Jokic versus Jamal Murray, and Jokic and Murray are are talking trash back and forth. Like, it would be amazing. Right? Like, come on! Like, it would be it would be so fun. So like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, esports is, I think, definitely going to take off, especially now, because people are going to be dying for the content. I think, like you said, I think people are going to realize that. Oh, yeah, though this is entertaining, um, and it's. Uh, and I've always said, if you if you want to get into esports, watch the games you play. Like I, if 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 like uh, hurling, like Irish hurling, was on TV. I I would probably have the same reaction to like watching some of these video games like League of Legends. Like I understand people love League of Legends. Yeah, I watch it and I go, what, what am I happening, watching? Here? Like someone did else. something right. Exactly. But like I uh, then I started watching like Destiny streams and and like Battlefield streams, like the ones I was doing. I was like, "Oh, these are these guys are good. Like it's it's fun to watch." And so um and I think uh, I, I again, I think especially sports teams like 
where you can play Madden and people know football and people know hockey, people know basketball. Like I think I genuinely think that there would be some interest in some type of like simulation like that where like some of their totally. players I were actually it playing like the a game. Franchise mode by Philip Lindsay or something like that. But right. Speaking of gaming, make dope. sure you're following the new DNVR gaming account. It's like I said, you know, everybody's gonna have to get creative. We definitely are. We're doing the DNVR watches with the classic nuggets and abs. We're going to do the 2013 New Mexico Bowl uh, today. Actually, it'll probably have already happened by the time most of you hear this podcast, but I'll throw it out. I'll shout it out anyways. We're watching Love is Blind, which is as terrible as you might think it would be. But hey, you know, it's good times. <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're obviously going to have you yeah, man, this was on awesome. as much as possible during these weird times, mostly just because I enjoy talking to you and I'm getting really bored at home, but uh, tell people where they can find <laughs> your you. work. Tell them where they can follow you. All that fun stuff. Absolutely. Obviously, I'm going to plug uh, CBS Denver. Go to cbsdenver.com. Uh, we will update you on literally. Oh my gosh, poor Kelly Worthman. This this she's she's one of my friends at the station. She is literally on CBS and Denver, which is our streaming site. She is updating people on coronavirus every 30 minutes. And that's like, she's all alone in a studio. She's like, does it all day. It's wild. She, what a trooper, man. Uh, so go to CBS Denver. We'll keep you updated. And, uh, we'll, I will probably start re uploading some of my old vlogs too. Uh, like the last year's playoff runs for like the nuggets and abs. And so we'll probably be doing some, right. Right. So we'll probably do some like throwback stuff like that. We're also trying to, uh, we think we have a, a way of shooting welcome to the sports office now that, that would work for social distancing and everything. So we still have content coming out and as always follow me at Ryan CBS four on Twitter. That is where you're going to see all of the good content. That is my main source of output in terms of video and pictures and all that. All stuff right. That you I heard the man, make sure you're following him. We are going to have him back later. I will be back with more podcasts throughout this all. Like Ryan says, the content never stops. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Go Rams. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like.